Welcome. When one sees the culture wars, it's very easy to draw the conclusion that the problem these days is that we lack for we we lack tolerance. That all these millennials are spoiled brats who throughout their life they've only been told yes. And now suddenly when they face someone who has a different opinion, they freak out. And this is quite true in terms of explaining a problem which is actually out there. The question though is that, are we actually facing a lack of tolerance? Which means, do we need more tolerance? And what does tolerance actually mean? So Mark has a very important series of videos where he, he calls them reality checking. He tries in five minutes to explain terms that are misused these days. So by the way, go and subscribe to to Mark's channel. It's the reality check by Mark Pellegrino on YouTube. So one of his latest videos were on the issue of tolerance, on the, on the term tolerance. And he'll tell us what he'll claim about uh, this term. So to spice things up a bit, I show up in this podcast with a with, with a very proud title here, which is intolerant. So I'm a proudly intolerant person. And if there was like a political, uh, I don't know, like uh, what's your uh, political Tinder bio? Proudly intolerant, pro-free speech, absolutist. That's how I would sell myself. So Mark, tell us why you made the video, how you see tolerance and whether you get triggered when you hear someone telling you I'm proudly intolerant. <laughs> I'm not I'm not triggered by say, by you saying you're proudly intolerant because I take it as you're proudly non-accepting. So personally you don't you don't feel obligated to accept any ideology that comes your way unless it passes muster with your standard of values. If it doesn't you do not accept it. However, in in society we have an obligation to not use to initiate force against our fellow man. And I think that the 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 ethic that sort of describes that is the ethic, sort of a political socio-ethic we call tolerance. So what we say is, we won't use force against you. I'll tolerate your perspective, even though I totally disagree with you, uh, provided it's not violent. Of course, if there's violence, I say all bets are off. So I'm not tolerant of, I'm not tolerant of communists. I'm not tolerant of communists having a, a political say and being able to vote away my property. I'm not tolerant of it, and I don't and I don't accept it, both. But I am tolerant of different points of view, um, provided they don't hurt each other, uh, or and or hurt me. Um, and so I will let it pass. I'll live and let live uh, to the extent that they live and and let live. But I won't accept it. Okay. Oh, so, so 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 basically, if uh, if, you, if you want to respond to that a little bit, go ahead. No, but not to respond, just to make a statement that this is not a philosophical take on the issue of tolerance eh, or moral judgment. This is just me, Nikos, and Mark eh, chatting. This is not like any authority. Or, but it's interesting because the mere term toleration has already something which says that I not necessarily really like what you say. So when, when we say, for example, okay, we can tolerate these people having these views, it means that we already sense that there is something wrong. So maybe the way many people, let's say in our universe, in the objectivist universe, they're a bit scared to, to use the term toleration. I more and more think that the, the, the term itself implies that I'm already making a negative judgment of you. 
For, so, for example, I don't tolerate, I would never say I tolerate classical liberals. I would say I have disagreements with classical liberals, but you know, there's also the appreciation. So the mere fact that we say we should tolerate, like, I don't know, fascists, means that we recognize that we can now go and beat them up. So it's more like a political toleration rather than, as you said, an acceptance. So I'm, I'm starting thinking of whether saying that I'm morally intolerant, whether already by saying, okay, we should tolerate it in terms of not beating someone up, it already implies that you completely disagree with them and that you completely condemn them. That's exactly that's exactly what it implies. So, um, and that's exactly what what we have things called rights for is to is is to protect the unpopular, protect protect the person who the gang doesn't like. We say, well, tolerate them. You don't like them, but you know you can't use violence against them. So. Um, it's, it's yes, you're right. It does. It does imply like uh, what, what, what's the woman's name? Uh, uh, J.K. Rowling, who, who, you know, probably would have tolerated the, the idea of these gender uh, issues had it not been for their their desire for her to incorporate pronouns and their gender ideology into her belief system. And that's where I find um, that's where I find people going wrong today is their, their, their version of tolerance is, no, you just can't live with me and let live and, and not bother me. You have to adopt the way I look at the world. And if you don't, then I'm going to use violence against you because I consider that lack of adoption an act of violence against me. Um, and that's where I think we get, we get into a uh, very dangerous territory. And that's why I wanted to uh to to make a video like that especially since objectivists are sort of known for their intolerance in the, in that and i'm proud of it i'm proud of the non-acceptance um you know the very strict ethical code the very strict principles that we live by and the and the and the the the, the understanding that to to compromise on those principles is the death of you it's the, it's it's your death it's literally a life or death proposition so um, I'm very proud of non-acceptance, but I'm also proud of a society that's free enough to let other people live and let live, provided they don't use violence against others. And what you said about J.K. Rowling made me think that people who go completely... So there's one thing that you say we should condemn and we should judge. But if you go out of your way to say, oh, this person is bad and now it's my life's mission. I want them to lose their job. I want them to... It's it's almost sometimes it's not so much an issue of justice because it's not like the other person is Eichmann or I don't know, like a criminal. Also, probably you're not, you haven't got much going on for you in your own life to spend all this energy because someone made a comment or someone uh, has a, a wrong view. Like the, the, the main focus is go live, go live your life, go live a good life. Now someone would say, then why do you make every other day a podcast about, I don't know, Robert Reich? Because these are people who their ideas are quite, quite influential. But we see quite often that all these quote intolerant uh, SJWs or whatever, they spend so much energy and it shows something. It almost shows something like your focus is, other people, your focus is not to achieve any value. Your focus is to destroy. Your focus is to condemn, not because you have something to better to offer, but your focus is destruction. Am I getting somewhere with this? 
I think you are, and you would know that better than anybody uh, because of your uh, connection with academia. I think over the last 30, 40 years, people uh, in colleges haven't been taught to think for themselves and to pursue values. They've been thought, they've been taught to be activists and they, they get a personal sense of meaning from deconstructing aspects of society that they've been taught are bad and need to be deconstructed. And so somebody like J.K. Rowling, who's, who's putting forward a, a, a reality-based notion of what men and women are, meaning what I mean by reality-based is a biologically-based assessment of men and women, and, and also by, but also acknowledging the trans phenomenon as a real phenomenon, the intersex phenomenon as an actual biological phenomenon that exists, but denying the efficacy of and the, the truth of the trans politics, the trans philosophy, which is a, an attack on identity itself. Um, you, you know, people, people, people like her in, in, the, in a real tolerance, in a real tolerance movement of free society would be left alone uh, to, to, you know, that you would have to argue with them on the platform of ideas. And of course they can't. And they get meaning from that fight. They think if they tear something down that's big, they, they get a sense of purpose. And, and it's unfortunate. I think we have led students down that path of, of um, identity in destruction of what they consider a primary evil, which is judgments like ours, which is the, the core, the core, um, the core of, of, of uh, what makes our society free. So here then is the difficult question. Let's say we agree and we do agree that we should tolerate in terms of respecting people's rights because respecting someone's rights is a selfish act. In a way you say, I want to live in a society where rights are respected. And let's say also you morally condemn someone's views. Then the question becomes, what then is your personal relationship with that person? So let's say you're in a party, or actually not even in a party, you're in a work environment and there are some people with whom you have a good vibe that you see them as in some aspects good people but you don't tolerate your ideas the academia is a good example almost everyone has ideas that their implementation would require the use of force and there are some ideas that would lead to very bad uh, results in the way i view the world so do you give up moral judgment then if you are friends with these People. So is it a treason, let's say, to your intellectual integrity if at the same time you're intolerant in someone's ideas, but you, quote, tolerate them? And not only you tolerate them, you have maybe a good time, you, know, you go to the gym, you go have a coffee, or even, God forbid, you call them a friend. So how would you navigate that? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how deep a friend they are to you. I mean, if, you, if you're just friends because you share a particular interest and that's it, um, then, you know, there's, there's, there's probably not really time in those moments with that friend to discuss your differences. But if it's going to go any deeper, those value differences are going to surface and they're going to have to be dealt with. I'll give you a perfect example. I became friends with a, a, a medical doctor on a, a short film that I did. And as we started to progress our friendship, it was very clear that he was a hard left environmentalist. All right, hard left, uh, uh, left of Attila the Hun. I mean, just hard left. And uh, and over the years, we had great conversations, though. And he was always very open, which is one of the reasons I liked that he had the active mind. 
Um, uh, flash forward to several years later, our, our, he lives far away, so our phone, our, our relationship is primarily over the phone and over text. Flash forward several years later, he is now a dyed-in-the-wool individualist. Um, and that comes from our conversations. One of the things we shared was a, a, a thirst for knowledge and an active mind and the willingness to check our premises and change them. And that's one of the things I liked about him that kept our relationship going forward. So if, you, if you're going into, a deep, into deep waters with somebody, those values are going to come up. Those value differences are going to come up. And if they're open to change, then they can still be your friend. If they're not, there's going, it won't be able to go any further. I don't think people that have fundamental value differences can really have a very deep relationship. Right. And the way I see it is this. A, a, a philosophy is a, a tool for your life. It's not the Ten Commandments from God. So context matters here. So, for example, you might get a lot of selfish value from someone with different opinions. Then imagine if you said, I'm not going to train with anyone. I'm not going to spar with anyone at box or Jiu-Jitsu if they don't share my views. Then good luck finding a training uh, partner. Or it could be someone who, through your discussions, as you said, you can both develop. So this idea that says that, uh, oh, I heard that Ayn Rand says, judge and prepare to be judged, and therefore... My job is to just throw like uh, my my cares to anyone who doesn't aspire my uh, go follow my ideas. This is going to lead you to have a miserable life. So it's not helping your life. And let me give another example. So you gave the example with your friends who turns out he had the wrong, let's say, premises that made him a leftist. But then he saw it, he realized it, and he changed. And he changed because you were quote in many quotes tolerant with him and you didn't just uh, excommunicate him. I would probably be still today a Marxist if some people were not, quote, tolerant with me. So I've said in the past how interacting with the people in the battle of around the battle of ideas group quite helped me to change. And my original interactions with them was me telling them, oh, your ideas are wrong, you're neoliberals, uh, why free speech, all this is just for the rich. But they saw something. I don't know exactly what they saw, but they saw something that this guy, let, let's talk to him. I was even, I was even uh, slamming them on social media. I was saying, uh, this is a neoliberal front and all that stuff. God knows why they stuck with me. And by discussions, uh, me being witnesses to discussion, participating in discussions, giving me the responsibility to, okay, you think you know everything? Get on the stage and talk. Defend your views. So that by them being, quote, tolerant with me, it changed who I am. But notice, they were not uncritical. They were judging me and were judging me harshly. Claire Fox, who is the, like the main figure in this group, her, her, her line would be, get over yourself. So this would be like the go-to line, and it still rings in my ear. Whenever I would say some you know, bullshit, boring stuff, like, get over yourself. Prove to me why this is wrong. Defend this. Show me that this is wrong. So they were, quote, tolerant, but at the same time, they took me very, very seriously. Because yes. in order to be tolerant of something, you already need to know what are your standards and what is your judgment. Otherwise, we end up to what today we people understand like tolerance, which is just a blank check, which is a ritual without an object. I'm not tolerant to 
people who are still trying to figure things out, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm tolerant to anything. So tolerant becomes this kind of empty bureaucratic thing, which we saw in universities, which says we celebrate tolerance. By the way, they don't. They celebrate only tolerance for a particular type of ideas. I get the sense they celebrate tolerance in the Marcuse sense, which is intolerance on purpose. They're intolerant to anything that they perceive as being in that the top of the power hierarchy. And they think that they can do anything to overturn that hierarchy. But look, that same kind of tolerance um, was what changed me from uh, extreme leftist to uh, an objectivist because I had hours and hours and hours of conversations and lost debates, I might say, with an objectivist uh, at Gorky's Cafe in Hollywood after we'd rehearse, we'd stay there till five o'clock in the morning. It was open 24 hours, eating, drinking coffee, talking philosophy, and he would whoop my butt until I finally said, you got to give me a couple of books. I got to I got to read where this is coming from. And I did it. I, I, I at first did it in an attempt to break this philosophy apart, to figure out what was wrong with it, why it didn't work for me. And then I, uh, I ended up being a convert. Uh, but it was it was his patient tolerance of of my um, fighting and debating and finally him persuading me, which I think a tolerant society does. They work through persuasion. A tolerant society works through persuasion, not violence. Um, and uh, he, he didn't accept me. He didn't accept my point of view, but he, he tolerated it and tried to persuade me that there was a better one out there. Exactly. And then, of course, it comes to points where you say, look, now I have a enough information uh, I've tried, I've given the benefit of the doubt. Looks like this isn't going anywhere in terms of me finding appreciation for you. In which case, we go our own ways. I'm not going to make it my life goal to destroy you or whatever. I have a life. I have a life to live. But from now on, I consider you, like I've given the benefit of the doubt. Now, my judgment is that you're not a good person. So we go our own ways and nothing of these things is incompatible with uh, the with delivering uh, judgment and with the virtue of uh, with the virtue of justice again this is how i understand it and this is how this is why i would say that i have benefited from people being quote in many quotes tolerant towards me i mean even my employer the Run institute when they first met me i was someone who says well you know i like Rothbard, I like Rand, and I don't understand, like, why are there not so many different objectives groups? Let's all be friends. So, but they understood, like, where is this guy coming from? So it's like, okay, let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's see if we spend some time with this guy. Let's see where he's coming from, why he's having that, such a view. What are the, 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 the ideas out there who have made him think that, yeah, let's all be friends. And then again, it comes some point which says, okay, that's enough. So I think more and more as this discussion going on, I see that we don't fundamentally disagree and we think that judgment is essential, but at the same time, it is essential that you understand what is the context in which you judge someone and what is the context in which you're being, quote, tolerant or intolerant. And let me give you one last example and then I'll let you have the last word. With tolerance. So I have friends like uh, Razi, our common friend, uh, sometimes criticize me. Like you are having a debate with a leftist and before the debate in the green room, you have like a friendly chat. What's the what's the selfish option there to be like uh, all kind of tense and already have a weird energy and start a fight in the green room? Like how would this help 
my performance on stage, first of all. And second, it doesn't offer anything to me. There are no bystanders. It's not like uh, I'm giving a, it's not like I'm giving a performance. I do it for it because it makes sense within that context that this is what is good for me. That I want to be relaxed when I'm on stage. I want to be focused on the discussion and I want to figure out who is this person I'm discussing with. Why are the way they are? And what are the arguments they're going to say? So judgment is important, but also there is some context there. And what sometimes might look like, quote, tolerance is actually you judging that within this context, the selfish thing for me to do is, the good thing for me to do is doing something that someone might consider, quote, as giving too much tolerance or too much sanctioning to someone. Yeah, I mean, that's difficult to say. Uh, it- I never understood how politicians who seem to be on opposite sides of the fence could go out to dinner together. Uh, it, it made me feel like the the the, the political uh, fireworks were really just theater and not not an not actual binding values that, that they each agreed on uh, that they that they that they held and then were fighting over. So. Um, there's something to the idea. I mean, there's something to both sides. From looking at it from the outside, I can see Rosie's perspective, which is: does it feel a little morally compromising to be gentle uh, with somebody even backstage whose values are are so anti-life, so in opposition to yours? Um, you know that that, of course, I think is contextual. You you say there's things that you value higher than that immediate thing, which is your performance out there and being loose and free while you're up there and and you think that you know being close to the other person might might hamper that, and that's that's valuable. But I can also see Rosie's perspective, where uh, you know there it, it depends on how morally abhorrent that person is. There there are some people who are absolutely not worth the time or consideration backstage for politeness at all. Like I can't imagine myself speaking to a, a, a Richard Spencer. Is that his name? The the racist. Uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard, I've heard. I think uh, Yaron telling me, I'm like, even in an important debate, he wouldn't do a handshake. I don't remember. I think he brought one of the many famous lefties. So I, I get the point. Yeah, like if you, if you are in debate with Eichmann, yeah, you don't do small talk. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be nice to Vought. I wouldn't be nice to that uh, crazy Marxist economist. What's his name? That you're on. Richard Wolf. Richard Wolf, he's such a scumbag, and Vaught is such a scumbag. My only purpose would be to defeat them. That's it. And I wouldn't give them the time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them the moral sanction that you know being nice to them would give them that moment of he accepts. This isn't really serious. No, I would go in it with all guns blazing. Let them know from the get go that I find them illegitimate, and I would treat them that way as illegitimate. And I would try to take their titles from them. I try to take their their audience from them. I would I'd do everything in my possible in my capacity in that moment in that debate to to damage them, to damage their credibility. Um, so I see. But then, if you make it the goal of your life, I want to destroy no, Richard no, Wolf. No. Yeah, it shows that you haven't. Yeah, much of a life. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the, and a lot of those activists are using a political activism as a substitute for self esteem. They're really ineffective in life, and so what they have to do to feel a sense, like any power luster, what they have to do is. They have to fill that gap, that emptiness in them with defeating another human being. That's what gives them spiritual food. 
Of course, we know as objectivists that that's the spiritual food that leaves you hungrier and hungrier and hungrier every time. It's insatiable because you're filling something that can't be filled by power, lust, by power lust and the ends of power lust, but only through self-esteem, which is real value pursuit, real achievement, not not destruction. Um, so anyway, I, it's good to see that we. I, I was I was I was uh, wondering. Well, I wonder what it is that that uh, Nico's disagreed with me on. Uh, but yes, to tolerance to me is a social concept that uh, just because you allow somebody to live to live and let live and you don't pursue violence against them or make it the point of your life to destroy them because they disagree with you doesn't mean you have to accept them. Doesn't mean you have to talk to them the way they want to be taught. You just leave each other alone, go your way. It's laissez-faire social ethics, which I think is the best thing. And that's to be distinguished from you know people who have it in their ideology to harm people. Uh, they have no right to uh, to uh, to do that. So, I, I mean, I'm a hardcore in, in my tolerant society. I wouldn't allow communists, Communist Party to, to vote. They you can't be allowed to vote other people's uh, property away from them. Um, that's not that's not tolerant. That's not that's not uh, liberty loving. That's not individualist. Actually, uh, so, that's a super interesting debate, because these days in Greece, there's a debate of banning a fascist party and there are many serious liberals who claim that this would be this would be a mistake it would be interesting i haven't got an opinion on this topic it would be interesting to have uh, james valiant with his also with his experience in law to discuss this topic like is it is it ever proper to ban a political party which till now they haven't acted on their ideas like they haven't they haven't got like street uh, thugs uh, attacking anyway this is a very difficult topic the principle is clear, and we agree in the principle. How these principles apply in everyone's life context is a topic which is difficult, and there's a good chance that at least I would may I have made mistakes with that, and uh, you only learn as you as you go. So I mentioned uh, Mark's uh, reality check. Check it out. It's his his channel is Mark Pellegrino, and then. With the hashtag reality check, you will see the reality check videos. One of the latest one is what is tolerance. There is also a very good one on uh, capitalism. There's a very good one on selfishness. So Mark takes this on environmentalism. So Mark takes these disputed terms and he tries to do a reality check. But it has a good production value. It has a sort of stuff from uh, Hollywood, from popular culture. So it's good fun to watch and they're short and condensed, which is important. So many thanks also to our friend Jonathan for his contributions. We also appreciate it, Jonathan. So 9 p.m. UK time, someone who understands the philosophy a trillion times better than I do. So if you have questions on moral judgment, better ask him. Harry Binswanger. So tonight, 9 p.m. UK time, HBTV. The topic is consciousness and the brain, three philosophic issues. So on that happy note, thank you very much, Mark. Thanks, Nikos. Many thanks to our viewers. See you soon. Bye-bye. Peace.